Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's Friday the 24th of November 2023 and this is The Papers with me, Richie Allen. And I hope I find you well this Friday morning. Looking forward to the weekend. Chilly out there in Salford. Chilly. It's blooming chilly. Temperatures dropped overnight. But uh, apparently it's going to be dry for the next couple of days. And that's good that. We'll take that so we will. Let's look at the front pages of the UK dailies. Then the broadsheets, the tabloids. We're going to start with the Times today. Migration figures pile pressure on PM to act. That is the front page of the Times, right? Now, a lot of papers go with this today. The reaction to the revised migration figures, which were released by the Office for National Statistics, and those figures say net migration into the UK hit a record 745,000 people last year. As the Times says, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is under increasing pressure to implement urgent measures to control the borders of the UK. All right, that is the Times, the Telegraph, front page, same story. Cabinet pressure on Sunak to slash migration. The Telegraph also features a photograph on its front page of Geert Wilders, man whose Freedom Party won the most votes in the election in the Netherlands this week which has caused shockwaves across the EU, depending on who you believe, right? So that's the Daily Telegraph there. Financial Times, Sunak under pressure as net immigration reaches record. Yes, again, another photograph of Geert Wilders drinking a glass of champers on the Financial Times front page. iPaper, cabinet battle on UK's migrant care workers. So the I describes how a cabinet battle is emerging on this issue of immigration and it highlights a reported clash between the Department of Health and the Home Office over the demand for a crackdown on foreign workers because there is a huge uh, shortfall in the in the care sector, isn't there? There is a massive amount of vacancies in the care sector and a crackdown on immigration... Um, the Department of Health says, well, that's going to be problematic. It's going to mean we're going to have less people to fill those vacancies in the care sector. The Daily Express, failure to hold, excuse me, failure to hold migration is slap in face for public. So the Express leads with the former Home Secretary, Suella Braverman's characterization of the migration figures. She says it's a slap in the face for the British public. Daily Mail, same story. Suella leads Tory revolt on migration. There's also a story inside the Mail today. It's featured on the front page. Why is Nigel Farage the only person in Britain you can throw any insult at? That said Jan Moore writing in the Daily Mail today. Daily Mirror, make it stop. Make it stop is the headline. There is a photograph of Rishi Sunak. It's basically the Mirror taking a swipe at the autumn statement, uh, claiming it has failed on several key policy areas, including COVID, migration and the economy. The Mirror claims the Conservatives are breaking Britain. So make it stop is the headline. The Guardian, now this is interesting and we'll talk about this in a moment. 
headline revealed how the king secretly profits from dead citizens' assets. Again, we'll look at that closely, or more closely in a moment. It also, on, on the front page, talks about the ceasefire in Gaza. A four-day ceasefire is set to begin in Gaza this morning, and later on today, uh, hostages will leave Gaza, Israeli hostages, uh, 50, I believe, and will return to Israel as part of this deal which was brokered by Qatar. Okay, that's the Guardian front page. Uh, the Metro winches from death. It leads with a striking image, does the Metro, of a rescue of a man. There was a fire at a development in Reading Town Centre and a man was winched to safety from the building, from the roof of this burning building by a crane operator, hence winches from death. That's the Metro. The Daily Star leads with Whoops a Daisy. Whoops a Daisy is the headline. What's this about? Well, the Star reports on claims that artificial intelligence developers think Terminator even style bots might, might inadvertently be created, leading to a disaster which could wipe out humanity. So whoops a daisy. So developing AI, right, research on AI might inadvertently release Terminator style bots which could wipe out humanity, right? That's the Daily Star. This is the papers with your BBG, Richie Allen. Let's look at one or two of the stories inside the papers. Then today. Now the Telegraph in fact more, pretty much all the papers are covering a story in Dublin. So we, we, we read the UK daily papers today so we won't go to RTE, we'll go to the Telegraph. Headline inside the Telegraph today, far-right violence flares in Dublin after five-year-old girl seriously hurt in knife attack. So violent anti-immigration protesters descended on Dublin City Centre on Thursday night after five people were injured in a knife attack outside a school. At least three small kids were injured in the stabbing attack in the Irish capital, as well as a man and a woman. A five-year-old girl sustained serious injuries and was receiving emergency treatment, police said. Now, according to RTE, the suspected knifeman was seen hanging around in front and behind the school before launching the attack. The Telegraph goes on to say, despite the police not revealing the suspected knife man's identity or motive, far-right vandals emboldened by misinformation descended on the streets of the capital, setting fire to a police car, a tram and a double-decker bus, among other vehicles, and throwing fireworks at officers. The Rotunda, the Rotunda Hospital, a maternity hospital near to the incident in Parnell Square, told patients not to travel there for treatment unless absolutely necessary. And the Telegraph quotes Ireland's Justice Minister Helen McEntee. She said the scenes in the city centre, including attacks on police, cannot and will not be tolerated and promised to take action. And she is quoted, a thuggish and manipulative element must not be allowed to use an appalling tragedy to wreak havoc, she said. Protesters disrupted a broadcast on RTE chanting close the borders. Police have not identified if the suspect is an Irish citizen or a migrant. What, what's going on there? I, I don't know. Obviously immigration has blighted the Irish economy, has caused huge problems for people in inner cities and in rural areas. This is a fact, right? And y labelling people as far right is the media 
is 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 a media way and and I suppose a government way of absolving themselves of any responsibility to answer these concerns concerns being raised by Irish citizens right so Irish citizens say Irish men and women like me say look what are you doing with an open door policy when the economy is in the toilet after you've wrecked it because of your lockdown in in, in covid right services are stretched very thin what are you doing by opening the borders to anybody and everybody? It's causing lots of problems for us. So these are reasonable people. And they're being written off as far right. Now, what's going on with the burning of the trams and the police cars? I don't know, you see. I really don't know. Uh, I, I do not reckon for a moment that the looters and those burning vehicles and threatening people, I don't believe they are representative of those who worry about immigration and the impact it's having on their community. So what's going on? Are these agent provocateurs, are they, to, 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 to throw a bad light on those who are legitimately questioning Ireland's immigration policy? I just don't know. It is a tactic that has been used before. We know it's a tactic that was used in the United States. When, when remember, pallets of bricks were, were seen have been left out, you know, for conveniently for people to pick them up and throw them during Black Lives Matters protests. So are um, pe- people, you know, dark actors being paid maybe? And this is a claim that's being made by people and I, I can't disprove this claim. And I understand why people are asking this. Who are these idiots throwing um, bricks at the police and setting fire to trams and buses and looting shops? Who are they? You know, I don't believe, as I said already, that they really represent those who've got legitimate claims, uh, sorry, le- legitimate concerns about immigration. So it's all very strange when you see this rioting. But I don't have any answers. So so I, I'm going to leave that there. Okay. But yeah, interesting situation in Dublin yesterday. We hope the injured parties will recover, the child and, and everybody else. Let's look at the Times, inside the Times. A theology lecturer says college threatened him with counter-terrorism referral. Right, so it's exactly what it says on the tin. A theology lecturer will sue over allegations that a Methodist theological college threatened him with a counter-terrorism referral after he criticised the church's stance on homosexuality. This is Aaron or Aaron Edwards. He's claimed he was sacked from his position at Cliff College in Derbyshire after commenting on Twitter that senior church officials were obsessed with, quote, apologising for their apparently barbaric homophobia, whether or not it's true. The 37-year-old father of five has also alleged that college officials threatened to refer him to the government's prevent scheme, which is designed to crack down on radicalisation. So at the centre of the legal row, writes the Times, or says the Times, is a post on Twitter from February in which Edwards commented, quote, homosexuality is invading the church. Evangelicals no longer see the severity of this because they're busy apologising for their apparently barbaric homophobia, whether or not it's true. Now the lecturer went on to say that this is a gospel issue. By the way, if a sin is no longer sin, we no longer need a saviour. Edward said that after posting the comment, Cliff College officials suspended him and launched an investigation during which they threatened to report him to prevent to terrorism. This is shocking, isn't it? This is shocking that they threatened to re- 
support him to a counter-terrorism strategy, the implication being that he holds terrorist views, you know, when his views, co- you know, align with, um, they obviously align with his faith, right? And the text or texts that he would hold dear to him as would people of his faith, you know, that homosexuality is a sin, that is something he believes, that is something he is taught, that is doctrine. They referred to him, I don't agree with it by the way, I'm not a Christian myself as it happens, just in case you're listening to this for the very first time and you happen to be gay, I don't agree with any of this, but I absolutely agree with his right to hold his point of view and to say that this is a Christian point of view. Therefore, how can I be suspended, number one? And number two, how could I possibly be referred to a counter-terrorism organisation? It's disgusting, this, isn't it? It really is disgusting. And it boils my pee. It really does. To the front page of The Guardian, the story. This is going to boil a lot of people's piss, to be honest. Especially in the northwest of the UK. Old jug ears, the pedo lover, eh? That's not unkind. That's not sensational. He definitely doesn't have any problem with paedophiles, Charles. Here's the headline. Revealed King Charles secretly profiting from the assets of dead citizens. Let me read you a couple of paragraphs of this in The Guardian. The king, not my king, is profiting from the deaths of thousands of people in the northwest of England whose assets are secretly being used to upgrade a commercial property empire managed by his hereditary estate, The Guardian can reveal. The Duchy of Lancaster, a controversial land and property estate that generates huge profits for King Charles III, has collected tens of millions of pounds in recent years under an antiquated system that dates back to feudal times. Financial assets known as bona vacantia, owned by people who died without a will or known next of kin are collected by the duchy. So you're living alone, maybe. Maybe your wife or your husband died. You don't have any family. You own your house and the land underneath your house, right? And you die. And they can't find a next of kin, right? You don't have a will. So this is hoovered up then by the duchy, okay? And over the last 10 years of The Guardian... It has collected more than £60 million. It has long claimed, it has long claimed, has the duchy, that after deducting costs, bona vacantia, revenues are donated to charities. However, the Guardian has found this is not true. The Guardian goes on, only a small percentage of these revenues is being given to charity. Internal duchy documents seen by the Guardian reveal how funds are secretly being used to finance the renovation of properties that are owned by the king and rented out for profit. The duchy essentially inherits bona vacancia funds from people whose last known addresses was in it or sorry whose last known address was in a territory that in the Middle Ages was known as Lancashire County Palatine and ruled by a duke. Today, the area comprises Lancashire and parts of Merseyside, Greater Manchester, Cheshire and Cumbria. And a leaked internal duchy policy from 2020 gave officials at the King's Estate licence to use bona vacantia funds on a broad array of its profit-generating portfolio. It even had a code name. This was known as SA9. The policy acknowledges spending the money in this way 
could result in an incidental benefit to the privy purse. The privy purse, by the way, yes, it's the king's personal income. I told you before a thousand times. This is a constitutional monarchy, not a democracy. The notion that these people play a ceremonial role, that they've got no real um, power anymore, is a nonsense. And I'll leave that there because I've said it too many times on the other show. Excellent bit of journalism by The Guardian. If anybody dies, in, in, in the opinion of this broadcaster, if you were to die and not have an ex of kin and you've not written a will, any property you own should be, should be taken and used for the greater good of everybody. It should be used to house people on low incomes, people who couldn't afford to buy a house, right, should be getting these properties um, and they should pay only an affordable rent, what they can afford. And then that money, of course, should be used for public services and whatnot. That's how it should be. But it isn't like that at all. The Telegraph run with, inside the paper, one of the stories today, BBC reporters accuse it of favouritism towards Israel. In a 2,300-word letter to Al Jazeera, eight BBC journalists accused their employer of failing to accurately cover the Israel-Hamas conflict since the war began. Now, these journalists asked, uh, journalists asked Al Jazeera not to share their identities because they fear rep- reprisals. In the letter, they wrote that, quote, humanising coverage of Palestinian civilians has been lacking end quote, and they accused the BBC of being guilty of a, quote, double standard in how civilians are seen. They say the BBC has failed to accurately tell this story through omission and lack of critical engagement with Israel's claims, and it has therefore failed to help the public engage with and understand the human rights abuses unfolding in Gaza. As the letter goes on to say, thousands of Palestinians have been killed since October 7th. When will the number be high enough for our editorial stance to change? So they told Al Jazeera they do not plan to send the letter to the BBC, to the BBC executives, because they do not believe it would lead uh, to any meaningful discussions. Now, a BBC spokesman said in reply to this, the corporation's coverage has made clear the devastating human cost to civilians in Gaza and in Israel. But the journalist letter letter even insists that terms like massacre and atrocity are reserved only for Hamas, right, framing the group as the only instigator and perpetrator of violence in the region. Um, That's what they say. They say this is inaccurate, but it aligns with the BBC's overall uh, coverage. And it also goes on to say the letter that the BBC's portrayal of Israel's suffering was more thorough. For example, the BBC tells its audience the names of victims, the names of victims. It covers funerals. It interviews families, whereas this is lacking when it comes to reporting on the deaths of Palestinians. So that's in The Telegraph, that story, but it's also covered by The Times and The Guardian, the Beeb being accused by eight journalists of uh, an unbalanced approach to reporting on the carnage in Gaza and Israel. The Daily Mail, Rob Reiner, who's a very accomplished film director and actor, is Rob, he really is. He made A Few Good Men with Demi Moore and Tom Cruise, didn't he? 
and he also played Jordan Belfort's father in The Wolf on Wall Street. He's a gregarious character, is Rob Reiner. He's making a podcast at the moment, dearest listener, and uh, the Daily Mail is running with it. Director Rob Reiner claims he's unearthed, he's unearthed proof that JFK was killed by four shooters, not one. And this is interesting. This week saw the 60th anniversary of the deaths of JFK, of course. It was obvious to everybody at the time. It's even more obvious today that whatever involvement Lee Harvey Oswald had, whether in, whether or not he indeed was a shooter, he certainly couldn't have been as the only shooter. But uh, Rob Reiner has claimed there were four involved. He's doing a long series podcast at the moment. It's a 10-episode podcast entitled Who Killed JFK? And this has been recorded with the journalist Soledad O'Brien. And he questions reports that Oswald was solely responsible for the murder. And he believes that his podcast co-host and himself and a guy called Dick Russell, they have identified the four shooters involved. They can name them, they say. And the big reveal will come in the final two episodes of the 10-episode series. We named the shooters, says Rob Reiner. We showed the positions they were in, the exact positions. Some people say there were four, some say five, uh, but we know there were four. So you might want to check that out. It might be of interest to you, dearest listener. Yeah. And here's one for you on climate change, which, which is a load of old bollocks. As the Times, inside the Times today, French Minister Royal's fashion industry with stop shopping adverts. An environment ministry campaign against shopping has angered the French retail sector and split President Macron's cabinet. The campaign, which features TV ads advising the French to keep their old clothes rather than buying new ones, is being, destri- is being described even by Christophe Béchou, the Environment Minister, as part of a move to end unsustainable overconsumption. Béchou says he wants to turn Black Friday today into a Green Friday dedicated to alternatives to purchasing new goods. But this has infuriated some cabinet colleagues, notably Bruno Le Maire, the economy minister, who is struggling to reverse a rise in unemployment while fighting to bring down the cost of living. The No Shopping campaign was launched by the French Government Agency for Ecological Transition, which is controlled by the Environment Ministry. Béchou said he had approved the message delivered by humorous TV ads that portray salespeople, called unsalespeople, for the purposes of the campaign, advising customers not to buy anything to spare the resources of the planet. Dear listener, it's all happening now, isn't it? Do not buy to spare the resources of the planet. And I often talk about everybody having a carbon score in the near future, which will be viewable on the device you have in your back pocket, your phone, your carbon score. And because everything we do will be monitored and tracked, every single thing, everything we eat at home, you know, everything from heating our bedroom, from from the, the power we use at home to the travelling we do, it'll all be given a carbon score. Every movement you make, 
will be scored. You know, you've um, used up so much CO2. Or to each activity you engage in will have a CO2 emission score. That's what I mean. Emission score. Everything, right? Including your purchases. And you will be disincent- You will be disencouraged. You will be discouraged even. Discouraged, Richie. It's Friday. From um, spending at times. No, you, you you were out quite a bit there, weren't you, in the last month? Buying clothes, weren't you? At Next and at Top Man, we know. Why do you need any more clothes? So we're going to increase your carbon score and that's not good for you and that will have implications for you uh, going forward. I know it sounds mad, all of this stuff, but listen, this is all by their own admission. This stuff is happening, dearest listener, and it's happening now. Thank you for listening to the papers. Please share it with others. The next time you hear from me, if you want to hear from me, that is, I will be live on air at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning with Sunday Morning Melodies. The papers will return on Monday morning and the Richie Allen Show will return Monday at 4 o'clock UK time. So all that's left for me to do this Friday is wish you a fantastic weekend. I hope you have a good one and uh, I will speak to you really soon. Bye for me. Bye-bye.